Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. God's been speaking to me a lot lately about what it means to truly serve him and others and setting yourself aside, you know, to focus on other people instead of yourself. And it's often difficult in our everyday lives to take out um, our precious time and shift the focus away from ourselves and just shift that focus to the needs of others, Um, especially when we haven't received the appreciation or respect that we think we deserve after doing so. I think it's really easy when you get <laughs> called out or named or awarded for it, but it's it's really hard when uh, it's thankless, you know? Um, and I want to preface this message by saying that this church is full of people who desire to serve without asking for anything back. <laughs> and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I've been touched by many of you. Um during some of my darkest moments. And when I walk into this building, I feel nothing but love and acceptance. Um, So this message is more of an encouragement to keep on doing what you're doing than being like, you need to do this or we need to do this. You know, it's, it's more just, you guys are amazing as is. So just remember that it is seen and God sees that. And it does make a big impact on those around you. So with that said... Um, I know that um, we all know that serving God and others is extremely important. Um, But in the world we live in, we're constantly incorrectly told that we need to take care of ourselves first. Um, Many of us are constantly surrounded by the media telling us that the source of happiness today is through (laughs) self-care. And to an extent, yes, we do need to care for ourselves and our own needs, and that's okay. But I often find myself rolling my eyes (laughs) because if we're not careful, it can become an excuse for us to live in sin. And so, like, I'm often like, oh, geesh, (laughs) self-care, you know. But, and it can become a way for us to live our lives in service of our own indulgences instead of being who God wants us to be. So how do we draw that line between maintaining our health and our needs. Um, What is that line between that and when it becomes sinful and when it prevents us from doing the work that God has called us to do? How do we care for ourselves while serving others as, yeah, as God has called us to do? (laughs) Oh, streaming service. Thank you, everybody who's joining us online. Um... (laughs) (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Um, So before I continue, I want to define self-care because I know that I'm, I recognize it because I'm on social media and stuff like that all the time, but not everybody knows what it is. The Oxford Dictionary defines it as the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during times of stress. So what does this look like? In my own mind, I break it down into three actions. Uh, Fulfilling your needs, being kind to yourself, and setting healthy boundaries with yourself and others. 
So in fulfilling your needs, that you know, that includes basic needs like taking a shower, eating a healthy diet, exercising, keeping our spiritual lives growing. Being kind to yourself is giving yourself the grace that God gives us because not everyone's perfect. We're all human. And then setting healthy boundaries with yourself and others. Um, so that includes self-discipline, um, practicing tough love sometimes with others, um, and confronting interrelational conflicts and deciding the healthiest way to move forward, right? And that sounds basic, but it's hard to do on the day-to-day. Um, sometimes we forget to do all of that, and then we end up getting burned out and exhausted. So in essence, healthy and biblical Self-care can best be described in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. So, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, and therefore honor God with your bodies. In further context, this verse is actually in reference to sexual immorality. But you can see on a larger scale that God wants us to take care of our bodies and minds that he gave us. He cares for us, so we need to take care of ourselves. But when does self-care become self-worship? And from a biblical perspective, the purpose of self-care should be to heal and grow so that we can better serve God and others in love. But the world often uses it more as a defense mechanism or as a way to isolate individuals from other people or make yourself feel higher than others. It's often a way to feed a person's own self-interest instead of using it to be refreshed so that you can go out into the world and do good things. In John 15, 1 through 8, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the world I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. And if you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So when self-care deletes God from the equation and deletes serving others from the equation, you either won't bear any fruit at all or you'll bear bad fruit. And this can manifest in many ways. It can harm yourself. Um, Sometimes if you indulge too much, you get bloated. (laughs) You feel uncomfortable. It can make you... (laughs) It can make you depressed, exhausted, anxious. It can make you very unhealthy in many ways. It can harm others. It can cause you to ignore your kids or your spouse as you're scrolling through Facebook. uh, People who put self-care above all else end up 
hurting others because they're putting their needs before their kids or their family or someone else. And when it's preventing you from having a fruitful relationship with God. So sometimes if you're not experiencing growth or the desire to connect with God that you used to have, maybe it's time to look inward and see what you need to fix. Um, Sometimes people start examining God in the Bible to look for loopholes to remain where they're at instead of looking at the Bible to improve where they're at. So how can we use how can we use self-care in a godly way? After talking about how God is the vine and we are the branches, 1 John then goes on to say, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And this is my command to love one another. So, this verse is basically saying that because God loves us and we love Him, we need to love ourselves and others. And it says, I have told you to do this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So God wants us to have joy and fulfillment in our lives. Not just to have it for ourselves, but to bring it to others. And his command is to love each other as he has loved us. So the purpose of taking care of ourselves is not just to improve our own quality of life, but to bring that light and joy to others as God grows in us. And we cannot do that if we're burned out, bitter, and exhausted. And I just think about the moments when I'm burned out, and it just makes me not want. It makes me very jaded with humanity and jaded with others and not want to help anybody else. It just makes me want to hide alone in my house. (laughs) Biblical care should not be a me-before-you attitude. It should be a tool that we use to have the ability to serve God and others. And as it says in John 15, we are to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So when we're joyful and when we're renewed, others will feel it coming off of you, and you will have more ability to help the world around you. And I've definitely known that to be true. Coming on the other side of some of my darkest moments... Like, and having the ability to help someone who's been through the same thing is something that really fills my soul and makes me feel connected with God and other people. So how can we serve others while practicing self-care? Do it from a place of loving God and everyone that he's created. The motivation behind both self-care and serving others is everything. That's what matters. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you love God or do you 
do it because you love yourself and you want to make yourself appear lofty <laughs> or you're doing it for the appreciation, right? 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that may boast but do not love, I gain nothing. And that is powerful. God takes servanthood seriously. (laughs) And it's the reason that he's put us on this earth, to serve him, right? That's our purpose. Loving and serving others as God commands you is not always easy. It can be thankless and may not come naturally to you. And you may not even like the people that God is asking you (laughs) to serve. (laughs) Maybe you serve others as God has asked, but find yourself angry at the immorality of the world and find it more productive just to recede from it all. And... uh, Jonah in the Bible was this way, right? We all know that story. He, God called him to bring a message to the sinful city of Nineveh, and he thought that they were so evil that they could never turn around. And when God did um, get Jonah to get there kicking and screaming... <laughs> he was angry because he didn't feel like they deserved God's mercy. And that is so powerful. Like, he listened to God. He served God. He did what God wanted him to do, and he was still angry and wanted God to destroy them, even though he was successful in his trip. So I'm going to read. It's a little bit lengthy, but I'm going to read from Jonah 4 so that you can hear his reaction to God saving the city of Nineveh. So... Um, everyone in the city took God's message to heart and turned from their evil ways, and God decided to have mercy on them and protect them from destruction. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. That is so crazy. (laughs) He would rather die than have God forgive those people. How is that love? That's not love. That's absolute hatred for someone that God created. And so God responded and said, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? And that's all he said. (laughs) Very simple. And after that, Jonah had gone out and sat at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant 
so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. And again, God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? God created the plant in the first place (laughs) so that he could stew in his anger all by himself (laughs) in the hot climate. (laughs) And then he was mad when God took away the plant so that he could be angry. (laughs) It sounds silly, right? But we do that in our everyday lives. (laughs) God gives us these blessings. He gives us houses and cars and jobs and people. And then we get angry when it's taken away from us. And it's just crazy to think about when you think about the big picture. (laughs) Then the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Look how powerful that is. God just used a simple plant to tell Jonah that. That's so crazy. Jonah's, Jonah's angry that... God won't continue shading him to watch a city be destroyed. He's asking God for what God gave Nineveh. (laughs) He's not any better. In this story, Jonah had nothing but disdain for these people, and he wanted to watch them fall. But God showed the city his mercy and his love through Jonah's act of servitude. He showed Jonah how to love even when people aren't worthy of it. And I just think it's amazing because in Corinthians it says, you have nothing if you don't have love. And that's exactly what he showed Jonah in this situation. Yep, he gave him nothing. So Alex helped me out a bit this week and showed me a passage from a book called The Beloved Works of C.S. Lewis. And this book is basically um, a book full of kind of his musings and his perspectives on various things. And I don't know, I could share it. I could always share a link. But (laughs) he basically goes through each day and goes through a different topic. And this topic was about charity. So I found his views really interesting. So I'd like to read it to you. Though natural likings should normally be encouraged, it would be quite wrong to think that the way to become charitable is to sit trying to manufacture affectionate feelings. Some people are cold by temperament, and that may be a misfortune for them, but is no more a sin than having bad digestion is a sin. And it does not cut them out from the chance or excuse them from the duty of learning charity. The rule for all of us is perfectly simple. Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. You should act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the greatest secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love them. If you injure someone you dislike, you will find yourself disliking them more. There is indeed one exception. If you do him a good turn, 
not to please God and obey the law of charity, but to show him what a fine, forgiving chap you are, and to put him in your debt. Then sit down and wait for his gratitude. You will probably be disappointed. But whenever we do good to another self, just because it is a self made like us by God and desiring its own happiness as we desire ours, we shall have learned to love it a little more or at least to dislike it a little less. Some writers use the word charity to describe not only Christian love between human beings, but also God's love for man and man's love for God. About the second of these two, people are often worried They are told they ought to love God. They cannot find any such feeling in themselves. What are they to do? The answer is the same as before. Act as if you did. Do not sit trying to manufacture feelings. Ask yourself, if I were sure that I loved God, what would I do? Then you have found the answer. Go and do it. So that is powerful. It's kind of like the law of inertia. (laughs) You know, anything that goes keeps on going. Anything that stays still, stays still, right? So if you start serving others, even if you're not feeling it, if you're not feeling the emotion behind it, it still teaches you how to love them more and how to do, and because you're doing what God wants you to do and you become closer with God. So that love is still necessary, you know? God, God says it right there in Corinthians. But serving can teach you how to love others like God loves. You can see through the story of Jonah and C.S. Lewis's perspective that God uses servitude to show us what it truly means to love one another and learn what it means for God to love us. Serving others is self-care in and of itself. This important piece is often left out of modern ideology. Do we still need to take some time out to refresh and recharge? Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) Um, Do we still need to make healthy boundaries with others and be kind to ourselves? Yes. Yes, we should. But that does not mean that we should put ourselves above others. Self-care should be a tool to help us have the ability to serve others as God would have us serve and to love as he has called us to love. So... I know that you guys are pretty good at serving. (laughs) You guys are amazing. I think everyone in this church does something at some point during every Sunday. (laughs) But I just, I wanted to tell, remind you how important it is and how purposeful your life is. And that serving is just, it teaches you to learn the foundations of God and, and become closer with him. Anyway, so let me pray. Um, It's a pretty short sermon again, (laughs) but I'm just going to pray over you all and ask God to give you what you need. So God, thank you for being here with us today. Please touch the hearts of the people who heard this message and tell us how we can best serve you and how we can best reach others. God, just give us the urgency Um, to do whatever it is you've called us to do. We each have a different purpose. And um, help us to have the love that you have for others. Um, Just continue to be in our midst and help us 
uh, during the week to remember to serve others throughout our week and to take the time out to do that. Thank you, Lord. Name I pray. Amen. So um, I'll reach out to the people online right now. Um, We're going to close down, and then we'll do communion locally here. Um, But if you want to message anyone, if you want to learn more about salvation or anything, please feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram. um, Or I think you can even reach out to us through our website, which is thelightinkent.com. So thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.